Hello and welcome back to our podcast, A Question of Risk. I'm Alex Manette, your trusty podcast host, the head of product and markets here at Chaz, a Veriforce company. This episode, we're talking about what can be done about modern slavery within supply chains. We're going to hear from Doug Ayres, director at Neutral, which is a startup consultancy that specializes in social sustainability and temporary workforces. Modern slavery is on the increase. The International Labour Organization reports that COVID-19 pandemic fueled a large surge in extreme poverty, which is considered a major factor in driving forced labour. In November 2022, we saw the highest number of potential modern slavery victims referred to to the Home Office for investigation since their national referral mechanism began in 2009. That's a 38% increase from the previous quarter of that year. Monitoring and tackling action around human rights issues in your supply chain are a key feature of the impending EU supply chain law and the German Supply Chain Due Diligence Act. So today I'm joined by a very special guest, some may say an ethical supply chain superhero who fights against the forces of modern slavery and champions ethical employment practices. Please give a warm welcome to our special guest, Doug. Doug's been working with us here at Chaz, supporting our product enhancements and social and ethical supply chain solution. Since 2016, Doug has been on a noble mission to tackle modern slavery head-on. He's been wielding his expertise to develop products and services that assess employment practices within the supply chain, armed with an ethical compass. Over the past couple of years, Doug has formed and led a collaborative industry group and dedicated to the pursuit of best practice. Think of him as an Avengers-like team fighting against unethical employment processes and ensuring that transparency shines through every tier of the supply chain. So Doug, give us an overview. What is modern slavery? Well, if we look at definitions of modern slavery, you can break it up into uh, a few different sections from human trafficking to bonded labour, child labour. Uh, and forced labour, breaking those down. Modern slavery, probably most common, commonly at the moment, you could probably put down to bonded labour is where uh, labour is forced on a, a debt basis, a financial debt basis. So you may say a worker's paying someone £10,000 to get a job, for example, that they then find themselves working off or other different types of scheme, let's say, around the labour market. They are more traditional definitions. I think that for myself, modern slavery has a broad spectrum that flows into slavery, but also into poor employment practices as well. So I believe that having to pay to go to work in some situations uh, that is common practice in particularly temporary labour markets, I would see that as some form of modern slavery on a spectrum or poor employment practice on a spectrum. I think it's really key that people don't just look at the very severe end of poor employment practices which fit those four definitions of modern or types of modern slavery and look at a more broader uh, scope. Makes sense, makes sense. What What is the law around modern slavery within the UK at the moment? Sure, so uh, the <clears throat> 2015 Modern Slavery Act requires any organisation above 36 million to have a policy or statement uh, relating to the management of modern slavery in directly and within their uh, supply chain. I think it's fair to say that 
Our current legislation is not uh, in comparison with the EU directives, the German Supply Chain Act, the Norwegian Transparency Act, to name a couple that you mentioned earlier. And there is development in, uh, in the UK needed to put better practices in place. That is good, good to hear. So why is modern slavery and exploitation so high within the construction industry, do you think? It's a concoction of things. The pandemic is just another reason for it being forced in the Ukraine war as well being there that the fact that we have labor shortages particularly in the UK construction sector is just putting more demand and more pressure on the supply chains to deliver which opens up opportunity for bad actors uh, in in the space uh, effectively one of the other reasons probably a very key reason for for modern slavery within construction particularly within the temporary labor space it is a very complex and grey supply chain of where the labour comes in and that greyness and that lack of transparency I put that it uh, gives the opportunity for organised crime effectively to get their foot in the door if you like so um, it's an industry that obviously has high volumes of temporary workers often as very much being in the low skilled space as well which just makes it more vulnerable. No, it makes sense, makes sense. And obviously for our listeners, they're going to be wanting to look at the solutions um, around modern slavery and, and what they can be doing within their businesses. Now, as you know, Chaz last year engaged on a piece of research with the University of Nottingham and their rights lab, where we investigated modern slavery issues through the supply chain. And we did that in conjunction with the GLAA, the Gangmaster and Labour Abuse Authority. And uh, we, we produced quite a lot of guidance and documentation for supply chains to help them and, and toolkits. What other action do you think businesses and our listeners could be taking to prevent modern slavery? There is no sort of one approach. Uh, there's no one size fits all. There is a combination of a range of activities that you can do to combat modern slavery. But I would also, again, just angle it on not just modern slavery. There's a number of activities that you can drive into your operation and into your sub-supply chain that relate back to employment practices or overall into social sustainability, which will ultimately work towards the prevention of modern slavery. So I think one of the key things and one of maybe the challenges in the sector to date is everyone's focused on modern slavery, modern slavery. Well, let's not actually, why don't we focus on creating better employment practices so people have a better work-life satisfaction, better pay, better opportunity, which ultimately then will give them more reason to work on your project or want to work in your projects and so on, or within your sub-supply chain because they're treated better. You know, there's lots, there's a spectrum of whole different things that you can you can improve and the better human impact you can have and community impact by just addressing employment practices, which ultimately solve modern slavery. So I think there's a number of things in that training, for example, extra due diligence, uh, for example. You can look at site induction softwares, other different softwares coming out around right to work checks and so on. All of these combinations of education, due diligence, better procurement practices as well. I mean, if the price is too low, there's something something's fishy at yeah. the end of the day. Creating some transparency in some of the high-risk trades that you have or high-risk products that you have as well, understanding that supply chain. It's amazing to think that if you think of temporary labour being a high-risk area for modern slavery, which is effectively the supply of a person, may have four or five actors within that supply chain beneath you. It just doesn't mean, you know, you would expect that if you were providing a lift 
for well, example, exactly. with God knows how many products and components within it, but not within just a simple person at the end of the day. Uh, it should be a relatively straightforward supply chain, but it isn't. So there is a number of different things you can do, ranging on the size of your organization, from micro-organization through to major major organizations as well. And it's always a concoction of, uh, of what I said before, and I'll, I'll repeat it. I get further due diligence procurement processes, training, not just your own people, but within your supply chain, software and tech around some of your induction and your onboarding processes as well, and really doing that mapping piece, understanding the high-risk areas of your operation and creating some transparency in your supply chain for those areas. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Doug. And with your experience and obviously through uh, your work with your business as well, do, do you feel that enough is being done to combat modern slavery within the UK? I think, no, I alluded to before, we are behind the emerging legislations in other parts of the world. The Modern Slavery Act, having a policy or a statement, I think is pretty woolly. Yes. Uh, there's no real uh, assessment behind the activities that go into a lot of those statements. And I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I did see it come out not so long ago from one of the Modern Slavery charities. I think it may have been unseen, I can't remember off the top of my head, around the actual percentage of published statements on websites. That we've got that is really you know really low for uh, published statements on websites that are up to date, which right. for an organisation of thirty six minutes they need to be doing. So there is uh, we've got lacking legislation and there is lacking enforcement of that legislation in the UK at the moment, particularly with the fact that we've not replaced one slavery commissioner role within the UK yet. Something again that's being petitioned for across 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 the sector and people like myself. Of course, uh, and. I, I would have thought as well that um, 36 million seems a, an interesting number to hit because there's going to be a lot of businesses that come under that level that would still have supply chains and potentially have modern slavery issues within those mm. supply chains, but we don't seem to be capturing those. No, um, it is. I think you've always got to draw some sort of line from a legislation perspective and turnover being you know one way of applying it. We see number of employees being another way of uh, applying it across other legislations. So I think that's challenging. I think if you make it more complex, you know, if you're a small organisation, you must have a statement, for example. A micro-organisation, you must have a statement, for example. Uh, but if you're a, a major player, a, a large a large organisation, you should have a system and practices in place to in, drive this through your, your operation. I mean, I would probably seek to see some form of legislation that is scalable to the size of organisation and holds them to an appropriate level. But again, that could make some lives more and more complex in this area. And I think really what I look to is, yes, there's going to be a bar set, but to all major organisations that are setting a standard above legislation and trying to drive that through their value chain as being you know, the way forward and as being a sort of a... A, uh, a part of that Avengers, if you like, <laughs> team uh, reference uh, in, uh, in modern slavery. Oh, that's a really fair point. Well, out of time on uh, on this one today. So uh, thanks for being with us, Doug. Really, really appreciate your time. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, as always, um, please subscribe to A Question of Risk. And don't forget, you can send your supply chain questions into us to be answered. And we'll, uh, we'll hopefully bring those up in, in future episodes. So until next time, goodbye. And remember, play safe. Yeah, thanks, Alex.